0: Gorgeous George and goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation, Gorgeous George and goes reporting for duty here on a Thursday morning. Excited to talk to you for the next hour or so as we discuss the latest in Mixed Martial Arts. Today's Thursday, October 5th, so we're two days away from Bellator 300, the historic Bellator 300 card, as well as the UFC Fight Night here in Las Vegas at the Apex, headlined by Grant Dawson versus Bobby Green. So let's start with that, actually, and then we'll kind of end more with Bellator. I mean, we'll sprinkle the stories here and there. We don't have an interview on today, but we'll start with the news, unpack some stuff that's taken place in the last few days. And, uh, yeah, I want to make sure I give you guys those reminders of the start times this weekend so you're not caught with your pants down. It happens a lot because of the inconsistency of start times in mma honestly well you know some are obvious with ireland and you know when they when they fight overseas but some of them just shift around so we have all that for you be right back in fact we'll start with the start times and then we'll end with the start times There you go. All right. For Bellator, 300, the undercard, the prelims, whatever you want to call them. They start at 6.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. Pacific. So right in the middle of college football, that's a good time, I think. Bellator is usually pretty consistent in terms of their start times, at least domestically. Then the main card on Showtime, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. So that's a late night start for that main card that features three title fights. One of them dropped off. Linton Vassell versus Ryan Bader. That's not going down. I did see something from Corey Anderson telling Ryan Bader, let's run it. I'm ready, but nothing. So it's just going to be Carmouche versus McFarlane, Cyborg versus Inganu, Nurmagomedov versus Primus. The prelims can be seen on MMA Junkies front page via a stream. So you can come here for those, and again, Showtime's got you covered for the main card. All right, now the UFC fight card—they go at one 8, Sorry, one p.m. Pacific, four p.m. Eastern. Early start time though, so that's two and a half hours before Bellator. That might actually work out. Then the main card is at seven Eastern, four Pacific. That should be done by seven pacific which is when showtime's starting. so in a way if you're an mma fan that doesn't care about football this works out perfectly for you there's a lot going on this weekend may i remind you tons of soccer whether you like it domestically in the mls you gotta talk about it now with leon messi being a part of it overseas you know that stuff's usually more in the morning college football and, of course, the baseball playoffs have begun as well. In fact, some teams are already out. So, uh, you know, it's good to organize all that, organize your day. That way you don't miss anything. All right, guys. So, uh, I think I said we'll start with UFC. Grant Dawson said something kind of interesting. They had some media going this weekend, or this week. He says a win over Bobby Green is worth more than higher-ranked fighters. So let's test that, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give you some fighters that are ranked ahead of Grant Dawson in the USA Today Sports MMA Junkie MMA rankings. And you tell me if he has a point. Now, let's not be dumb in the sense of... I, I think what he means is the it's a higher-profile win. So that's why we're not just going to shut him down and go, no, it's not that he's lower-ranked. I think in terms of maybe traction, in terms of buzz is probably what he's talking about. Now, Dawson's number six goes, so there's only five guys. Would beating Bobby Green be bigger than beating Benil Dariush who's number five? It's right there.
1: Because of what happened to Benil Darius in his last fight, mm-hmm. you can maybe make that argument. What would probably cement it is if he were to finish Bobby Green versus like if he fought Benil Darius and they went to a decision or something like that.
0: Okay. Um, Dustin Poirier is number four. What if he were to beat Dustin Poirier and he would also beat Bobby Green? Which one would be the higher profile win? The Poirier win would be way, way bigger. Agreed. It's not even worth discussing. He's just a superstar, honestly, in our sport. Okay. And a former champ, to be fair. He was an interim lightweight champion a few years ago. Justin Gagey. Against yeah. Bobby Green. Yeah, I think uh I think Gagey would still be bigger. Justin Gagey owns a WSOF lightweight belt, a UFC interim lightweight belt, and a BMF belt. He's pretty well established. So I yeah, I find it hard to believe that Bobby Green would be bigger than Justin Gagey. Charles Olivera goes. No, Charles Oliveira is still bigger. And last but not least is on Makasha. No way, right? He's yeah, the champ. So the only the only one,
1: maybe, is Benil
0: Dariush. Yeah, and I'm sure Dariush, if he was sitting here with us, could probably come up with a great case on why he disagrees with that. I mean, we're just kind of right. saying, Yeah, no, we can have a conversation or whatever, but Darius had won like eight in a row before getting stuck by by uh, Charles Oliveira. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's definitely been on a better run than Bobby Green. He's been ranked higher than Bobby Green. He has been a title contender, not a title challenger. He's never challenged for the title nor held a belt. And Bobby Green's an OG, man. He goes all the way back to the affliction days for sure. But Darius has been around at least a good decade or so. Yeah. They both do about the same amount of media I'd say maybe Darius does more I'd say Bobby Green has more swag I think Darius would concede that to him as well. he's more reserved he's a religious guy, family guy and uh, he'll give you a good sound bite from time to time darius which lets you know he's a gangster but yeah Bobby Green in in that regard you know he he carries himself well in terms of drawing eyeballs from what he says, what he wears, what he does, how he acts. But that one's close. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Maybe this is just Grant Dawson's way of just justifying his decision to take this one. But uh, I'm not here to crap on Grant Dawson. I actually really enjoy interviewing him. Every time we've had him on, it's just such a pleasant conversation. I think he holds him, he conducts himself well, and he explains his decision making well, things like that. I've always really enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, he's a cool cat. He he keeps it real and it's been kind of fun to watch his progression like even the little things you know like uh, the last time we interviewed him he just moved into a new house right and where we interviewed him before you could tell he was maybe like in an apartment or something so you just kind of see their interview skills progress their fighting skills their life he's he's fun to
0: follow and he kind of keeps it real too you know there was a few quotes that he had said that day and i think Maybe R. No, I'm not going to do that to the editors. If there's a good chance Dawson, what he meant to go was just guys higher than Bobby Green, but necessarily not necessarily higher than him. Maybe. So I'll do this quickly. Mateus Gamro, probably not. Fiziev, no. Chandler, no. Mark Madsen, yes. I could see Bobby Green being a bigger win than him. Armand Sarukian, possibly, Yeah dan hooker mm, about even joel alvarez yes so if you go backwards ahead of bobby green yes there's a few but not forward
1: i would even say uh Fiziev and gamma are are up there just because i think the casual fan just probably can't tell you who their last three fights were or how they ended you know they're, they're kind of familiar with the name a little bit but there's not much about them that stand out. Like a guy like Bobby Green, you just remember him because his fighting style is so different from everyone else's. He gets on the mm-hmm. mic, he's talking smack, he's doing all kinds of stuff. Leading up, it's it's put more money in his pocket for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe maybe the casual would say yes, the hardcore would say no. Fair, yeah. yeah. All right, just to show you we're not crapping on. Grant Dawson in no way. I want to be clear about that. He has very good statistics going into this event. I'm going to read a few of these off. I, I kind of like it when Mike Bond does this article, and I don't praise him enough or go over this article enough, but it's one of my favorites by the numbers. And Dawson is four zero and one since he moved up to lightweight in March of 2020. Dawson is one of 27 fighters in UFC history. Think about that. We're going on 30 years. One of 27 fighters to record a nine-fight unbeaten streak. Only seven fighters in that group have failed to win an interim or undisputed title. That means 20 of the 27 became champions. Only seven didn't. Dawson's nine-fight UFC unbeaten streak is tied for the sixth longest amongst active fighters in the company behind John Jones, who has 19. Islam Makashev, who has 12. Leon Edwards has 12. Bilal Muhammad has 10. Magomed Ankalaev has 10. And then in comes Dawson with his 9. Impressive. Pretty impressive. Dawson's knockout at the four fifty nine mark of round 3 at UFC on ESPN 21 is tied for the second longest latest stoppage in a three-round UFC fight ricky simone holds the record wow i guess ricky simone stopped somebody at the five minute mark that'll never be broken (laughs) of round three at ufc fight night 120 i don't remember that i would have thought that once you hit the end of the round it's over but i guess maybe uh it you know that tenth of a second deal of roundup i don't know green has landed 1637 significant strikes in ufc lightweight competition the most in divisional history green has landed eighteen. one thousand eight hundred sixty-three total strikes in. Wait, I just said that. Significant stri- total strikes in u in uh, UFC lightweight competition, the most in divisional history. So one was significant and one was total strikes. Greenland's six point two eight significant strikes per minute in UFC lightweight competition, the second best rate amongst active fighters in the weight class behind Justin Gagey. Pretty cool that nine fight win streak, man. And is rare is what he's trying to say and only 27 fighters have done it in 30 years almost 30 years of UFC competition 20 became champs dawson's got to be feeling pretty good right about now yeah and you know like
1: i've kind of played this fight over in my head and if you told me Grant dawson took him down ground and pounded got the win wouldn't be shocked but if you also told me bobby green fought off the takedown and it was a striking battle, and he won, I wouldn't be shocked either. Like, I really think... uh, I I love this main event. I really, really like this fight. I think it's going to be super entertaining, regardless of who gets their way. Mm. And you know what? Yeah. Bobby Green has a chance, in my opinion, especially with this fight, to kind of fill the void that a guy like a Nate Diaz has left behind where almost wins and losses don't matter Mm
0: -hmm. so long
1: as you're, like, entertaining during the fight. I think Bobby Green can kind of fill that void a little bit.
0: That's not far-fetched. And I'm wondering what it would take. But Bobby Green needs to mix it up with a high-profile name and do his antics and win that fight. Mm -hmm. And then I think he could do it. Because I'm also thinking of Masvidal. The Diaz brothers, they suffered. You know, I'm not sure if Nate made it to double digit losses or Nick. Honestly, I'm not even sure if Nick got there, but they're close. I think the Masvidal did, and it didn't matter because it was a fight and it was entertaining. But it took a while for Masvidal to catch on and Nate a little bit too. If not for McGregor, who knows if he does or doesn't. Nick Diaz kind of did from the beginning because he was doing those antics from the beginning. I mean, he slept by Robbie Lawler. 20 years ago. And then they had those brawls when he was part of Elite XC and Showtime. And so he was he was always over. As far as Bobby Green, he just kind of shows up, fights. He does put on a show all fight week on fight night, and then he goes away. Somehow mm-hmm. he needs to um, I don't know, show us what his lifestyle is a little bit. Not not necessarily you have to be a knucklehead, but just show us something you know, in between fights. And I think maybe he, he could reach that. It might be too late now. I mean, he's at the tail end of his career. Yeah. Like I said, he fought on those affliction shows that was like 2007, 2008. I mean, we're pushing 15, 16 years there. Mm-hmm. True. That
1: is a long time ago, man.
0: It is. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to pick off some stories here that I thought might be interesting to discuss. All right. So Dana White. Keeps ripping Showtime's horrible fucking production, he says. This time he went after Canelo Alvarez and Jermel Charlo. I only saw highlights. I did not order the pay-per-view. However, so his point is he just remains unimpressed with Showtime's production or uh, boxing events. We've talked about this before. Look, um, if you want to nitpick, I think everybody's can be nitpicked a little bit. The UFC just kind of makes it um, underwhelming in the sense that all the fights feel the same. They they do pick up the intensity as the night goes, but only towards it, – it, it all has to do with the fighter and the work that they've done to build up their name. Otherwise, you could just wheel out, like you said, Gamrot and Fizyev into the main event, and sure, they you know they're headlining. You know it's going to be high – a high-quality, you know, event or match. But did it really get the juices flowing or whatever? They, they they don't really show off the personality, and so therefore, you know, them just walking out of the apex or walking through a tunnel wearing the same outfit that the other 26 fighters did, I don't know. Bruce Buffer, you know, giving them a little bit of an extra push. I don't know. It may, maybe one thing that I think helps is Drake put a million dollars on this guy and George Clooney's over here and you know these World Series winners or Stanley Cup winners are over here and so yeah now you're like, okay, yeah, all the cool people are tuning in like me you know they make they kind of give you that feeling. but mm-hmm. there's so much more that they could do I think because I've been to some other main other shows where I think every fight seems big and I think a lot of it has to do with that ramp, the intro at Pride. The personality that they get to show off by not having be uh, handcuffed to a uniform, you know, you kind of get to be someone. So that's where WWE specializes. Bellator specializes a little bit. PFL's kind of gone the route of the uniform. Um. So. Showtime could pretty much turn around and rip Dana for certain things, but this is what I wanted to get at goes, and this is me being snarky and all that. Dana was more specific this week. He said, look, if you take a look at a recent fight that we did, he said that uh, one of his guys had a Showtime Pettis kick. I'm having trouble pronouncing the guy's name, but it was on Tuesday Night Contender Series. Gadsu Yasulov was his name. So he kicks off the fence like Pettis. Dana picks up his red phone and tells the production, put those Pettis kicks in the package. His team did that, and then they even showed Pettis. He says, that's great production. Okay, I won't disagree with that. You know, that is good cohesion and communication and connecting of dots. Pretty cool. You know, Mm -hmm. he's right. Then he says that in that boxing match, they kept showing replays of punches missing. I've seen that in the UFC before. And guess what? Sometimes I guess you just miss it, I guess. It might have looked good for one angle, but when you show another one, maybe it doesn't. That's up to the announcers to go, well, you know, hold on a second. That may not have landed clean, but this other one, blah, blah, blah. All right, still goes, would you not rather watch Canelo Alvarez box Um, And maybe they don't get the production right, or sorry, a replay right of a punch that whiffs, but you got to see Canelo, Canelo, you know, featured on Showtime versus some of these, whether it's Tuesday night contender series or a fight night. Okay, yeah, maybe they were on with it with the replay. Who cares? You're not bringing your superstars unless we pay for them really those are the times where i think that's where more of the buzz is this is just a hardcore thing where people just love to see violence
1: yeah at the end of the day it's it's more about the fight than it is so much the production the production helps um it helps the experience but it's not the end-all be-all i will come to their defense in one thing and it's something that i've always asked for too is the ramp i think The ramp, I think, would be tremendous, but what it does do, and people have to realize, is it cuts down your gate, you know, because people sit where that ramp usually is, right? And then there's a Mm -hmm. giant screen behind there. You're blocking off a good chunk of tickets. Now, if you're WWE, it doesn't matter because you're filling up stadiums. If you're the UFC, it might matter. They do it in arenas. Hmm? They
0: do it in arenas, the ramp.
1: Yeah, but like on big shows, right, like a WrestleMania or something like that where you're pulling in a huge gate for them, it would be the pay-per-views UFC. I think it stings them a little bit. I think that's why they don't do it because there's really, other than that, there's nothing to hate on it. It doesn't make you look like WWE or anything like that. I think it just comes down to the the ticket sales that they would lose.
0: I guess from a business side, that would be a good decision. I'm not sure if I've ever heard him say that. Probably has. But I don't know. I don't know if it would deliver on other ends in terms of building his roster, which I think is what the UFC definitely wants. What the UFC is scared of more than anything is having fighters be more powerful than them. They went through it once before. They do not like it. So they kind of like having restraints on them putting them in a uniform, not letting them individualize themselves, having one guy do media, which is Dana, and he'll just basically have a go at you if you don't agree to his terms. I used to like, this is what I used to like about Pride. Pride used to have that ceremony at the beginning when all the fighters would kind of stand there. It just made it feel like you were watching something special. All the best gladiators will say that have shown up for that particular event and I, I thought it was incredible another thing i liked was when they would walk down that ramp it just looked i don't know man it, it had this it made you want to know more about them damn who's that again that's vanderley damn who the, who's this crew that's walking out okay so that's anderson and shogun that's the shootbox man out of curitiba brazil i mean i knew a lot about those guys with hujamar yeah. is the, their main master and Rafael Cordero is their second gun in charge and you would look up where the gym was curitiba brazil it's a city that's on the coast it's it's where people from sao paulo cuz it's not sao paulo is not a a, a uh Beach Town—it's where they go in the summer, you know—and and and it's this big, and you know, it made you want to learn more about the team and and read about the team and all that. But again, that's not what the UFC wants. The UFC doesn't want American Top Team to be like the Yankees or Exequator to be like the Dodgers or whatever. They Mm -hmm. just want these guys to show up on their terms and they want to count the money. So even going back to what you said about more seats, more gate, and I know Dana White says I'm into breaking records. I kind of would like to ask him, bro, but are you okay with cutting out so many fans? Your cheapest ticket is 800 bucks in New York? Like, you, I mean, you have to allocate something for hardcore fans that deserve to be at the 30th show. Like, what the... Okay, I, I mentioned George Clooney's name the other day. What fight was it that I saw the other day? The other day I saw a fight. It was... um. Oh boy, you're gonna have to give me a second here. Oh, I think it was Liddell knocking out Tito. And Clooney was there and he had this look. He had he was starstruck, right? It was cool actually. Because you were like, holy cow, Clooney's there, right? And then they showed Juliet Lewis, who I think may have used to date Liddell. I don't even want to throw rumors out there or not, but I remember she was big into it. You could see Ryan Bennett in the background. He was cheering for Liddell. He probably shouldn't have been, but um it just like I say. Um it was cool at that moment. But where's Clooney now? You probably comped them a ticket, right? If you care about the gate so much, why are you comping all these tickets? They can afford it. The hardcore fans can't. They mm-hmm. save up and sacrifice so that they can get to an event so they can give you money for ESPN Plus, so that they, they can um watch these pay-per-views. But Clooney, you'll comp them a ticket and you'll come comp on Julia Lewis. And I guess that's what just kind of what you do, right? the privileged folk kind of gets i guess a little bit of the but where's that guy been have you seen him much in the last 20 years i haven't
1: no nah, i mean he does movies here and there but not not like blockbusters
0: charge them for the tickets and allow other hardcore fans to get in there and and not at the 800 bucks
1: but the the problem is this like when's the last time we ever opened up the show going boy the ufc's in trouble again they're not meeting their quotas they're People aren't watching these shows. People aren't showing up to these events. Like, people are just paying. You know, it just sucks that there are people who probably don't make as much that would maybe make it if the ticket were cheaper, but they're replaced by these other maniacs that are just willing to pay that much.
0: That's one thing I can appreciate about Shaq O'Neal and LeBron James. They never wanted their shoes to be that much money that a, uh, a kid from the streets couldn't afford it. Mm hmm. There's something to be said for that, man. For some people that just, look, enough wealth is enough wealth. Like, honestly, what can you do with it at some point? You know what I mean? Yeah. And you have a company that does very, very well. And I'm not saying give all the tickets away for 200 bucks, but come on, man. There's got to be, like, the upper bowl. Or who knows? And for all I know, maybe that is the ticket and all the resellers drove it up. You know, there's one thing I, I keep hearing President Biden say, uh when you go to Ticketmaster, you shouldn't have to pay all these outrageous fees i totally agree i totally agree with that i don't even like paying resort fees at hotels just give me the price and stop telling me that all these other things come along for the package Mm -hmm. you know and but i have to pay a little bit more and we got to do something about resellers whoever comes up with that system god bless them because you know, as soon as something goes for sale, you just can't tell who honestly got them but just can't go and would like to let them go, just cover my fees or whatever. Whatever I pay, that's fair, you know. Uh, or who are the ones that just bump it up? Yeah, I mean, sometimes you'll go on Ticketmaster and I'll say like 80,000, and you know, some guy going, hmm, I bet you some chic from overseas is gonna come over there and look at that. 80,000 is gonna look like 80 bucks to him. He's gonna say, Yeah, give me four, give, give him 320,000. Like it's no big deal, and it probably is. Mm-hmm. But it just kind of ruins it for everyone else because there's a trickle effect of all that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree.
0: All right, moving on. Uh, a few other things. Conor McGregor, how did how did I not get to him right away? <sighs> I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know the grain of salt or what. It appears he might be one step closer to the UFC return. On a recent Instagram post, he said. Find my targets, hit them, fuck the consequences, you're going down. This is Fighting Sparring Day with Slick, fill in the blank, foreign name, I can't pronounce it, Gra, Grosden, uh, Grosden Nikolai. Always a banger of a spar with this Slick fella. Submitted my stuff to Novitsky. That was the key. Ball rolling. See you soon, you, light, you little light work bitch. Is that a shot at Michael Chandler? It's got to be, right? I guess that's kind of who he's more penciled in versus the most. And all right. Now, Chandler did some media recently, and he says he's been hearing that UFC 300 is what everyone's looking at. 300 is projected to be April. We'll do it real fast. December is 296. January, they always have a show. It's like in the third week. That's 297. Uh, We heard that might be in Toronto, by the way. 298 would be, I guess, February. And sometimes there's two in February. So maybe 299, 300 could be in March. Or maybe there's only one in February and 299 is in March. That's the one that I told you for the last six or seven years has been in Las Vegas. Although Madonna's got the T Mobile book. So they wouldn't be able to do it till like the third week, which now pushes into March Madness. Anyway, uh, yeah, April could be it. Now, April could be it in the sense of goes that's the six months that USADA says they're not willing to budge. Remember, there's an exemption where the UFC goes, all right, he only has to be in the pool for three months. They can do that. But Dana White said, "Uh, whatever USADA says, that's what we're going by. He kind of deflected to them about six, nine months ago. I remembered that one specifically. Mm -hmm. So, makes sense. If, If 300 is in April, that makes sense as to why McGregor did that on October 4th. On April 4th, he'd be cleared to fight.
1: I like that we're feeling like we're going, we're getting closer to him actually fighting. I wonder what the UFC stance on all this is because Connor's been gone, but they've kept going. You know, people are still buying tickets, people are still paying attention. I wonder if this little saga that he's had with them has damaged their relationship even a little bit, just a tad.
0: Who's. Um, UFC and McGregor
1: and Connor McGregor's yeah I wonder where like if they're just starting to maybe get over him a little bit too the Chandler fight I'm I would be excited for it I mean I feel like it's got to happen otherwise that whole season of tough was for nothing but uh I've gotten to the point now with Connor where it's it's kind of like I'll believe it when I see it and I hate mm-hmm. being that guy it just makes me feel so dumb as a fan but that's just where I'm at with it I'm starting to care less. And Is it a big fight McGregor versus Chandler? It's not a huge fight, but it's it's a big fight. And it's only because, really, you just want to see Conor McGregor back. Like, Why honestly, are we
0: tuning in to McGregor-Chandler? Let's break it down. Are we tuning in because McGregor's just an enjoyable lad? He's going to crack us up on fight week, and then he's going to put it all out there on fight night? Or is it because we want to see McGregor get his ass kicked? Or is it because we want to see Chandler get his ass kicked? Why are, we, why are we all going to be tuning in? And why is this such a big deal? Both guys have less than 500 records recently, not overall. Both have had held major belts, not taking anything away from what they've done. I'm just saying they're run ups of late. They're just, you notice neither one of them was ahead of Grattan Dawson when I named off names, right? McGregor's not even in the ranking. Uh, Chandler's below Dawson so why is this really that big of a fight really I think it's only big goes for the UFC's pocketbook they're going to sell a lot of pay per views, and I get it both guys do go out there and put on one hell of a show they'll spill brain cells for us I won't take that away from them but it's not really the Super Bowl the NBA Finals, the World Series, the Stanley Cup I'm not even sure it's The NFC Championship, the National League or American League pennant, it might just be like a wild card game or, or you know what I mean? It's the opening round of an NBA series. Like, you see, like, I, I don't even think the winner at this point, they're so far removed. I don't even think that the winner gets a shot at the title. Do you?
1: If it's Connor, maybe, and depending on how he does it. But the, we've only seen a piece of it. Like, right now, we're just waiting to see it on paper, right? But the second they get a microphone anywhere near them, I think it's going to start to build up, and then it is going to turn into one of those situations where 80% of the people that are tuning in just want to see Connor get his ass kicked for the things that he's probably going to say about Michael Chandler, about his family, about whatever. Um, because Connor McGregor's smart like that, and he has to do those things, because if you look at the statistics, they no longer really back him anymore. So you got to, you got to, this fight's going to sell a lot on heat.
0: Chandler's too nice of a guy. I don't know what there is on him. He can only attack his recent record. I think he's two and three in the UFC. He's held a major belt. Good looking guy. Um, Family is beautiful. Family, big house. Um, You know, he's popular on social media. No one's going to reach 44 million you know, whatever's followers or whatever it is that McGregor has, no one's going to match him on that. But I don't know that there's really too much to attack on the guy. He did well in wrestling, he got his degree. Like, he's kind of just really, really a pretty decent fella, Michael Chandler. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, shoves,
1: you know, even though Chandler kind of took the last one, things like that.
0: Should well, this not- even headline? A round number like UFC 300. UFC 300 was headlined by Brock Lesnar versus Frank Mir. 200 fell apart. That was supposed to be, I think, um, Jones versus Cormier. And I think it became Nunes versus Tate. Mm -hmm. Because Cormier had to fight. Was it Anderson? I forget. He stepped in late notice. And so... I guess that one wasn't as big, but they had big plans for it, and now three hundred i I you know i I guess yet again, you know he's it this sounds terrible because I'm not trying to diminish McGregor, man. I get it. he's a superstar, he has a lot of money, he sells a lot of tickets, but his fights just don't really seem to matter in the sense that they're not title fights, and they don't lead you to a title fight Now I asked you a question. You said maybe McGregor could, if McGregor starches Chandler, you're saying he could get a a, a shot at the winner of Oliver and Makachev. I know Oliver or Makachev, the winner would want it because again, it's a business transaction. But should he cut the line over Justin Gagey who just won the BMF, who's definitely been on more of a a role than either McGregor or Chandler, including beating Chandler?
1: Yeah, he absolutely should not. But the UFC just, they love money and they're gonna that's that's one where i think they even maybe come clean and they go look it's conor mcgregor what do you want from us we're we're just doing
0: it are they kind of spitting on their own belt when they do that oh yeah
1: every time they do it they are because it's a belt that's not earned
0: at that point yeah colby covington says islam makashev is using my name for headlines he says he won't step up to fight him now first things first Covington has Leon Edwards. But Makachef recently said, I would love to fight Leon Edwards. And remember, I had to go at him and I said, calm down already with you and the going, you know, hosting the featherweight guy, and now you want to move up. Clean out your division first. But in mm-hmm. this case, Covington brought him up. Um, what what, what do you think of that? I, I think Covington really, I guess if he asked he was asked the question, go ahead and answer it. But I kind of want to hear Covington maybe say I want to beat up Leon Edwards and then I want to beat up Bilal Muhammad and whoever comes next. I want to hear stuff happening in his division. Too many guys are so focused on I want to do this and I want to do that instead of first mowing down what's in front of them, which is what really matters because when it's all said and done, we want to know how did you rank as a world champion, your title defenses, not how much money you made. I I I, you know, Whatever. I
1: think it's uh, never a good look when the bigger fighter is talking down to the smaller fighter. When the smaller fighter's saying, I want to move up and fight someone, it's a better look than the other way around. So for me, I would just dismiss it. And the only way I can explain that is when you were in junior high or high school, if a junior said, I want to fight the freshman, I'm going to beat his ass. people probably laugh right like come on man it's a freshman leave him alone if the freshman goes i want to go i'll fight that junior i don't give a shit you go oh look at this guy holy shit i can't wait to see this that's what Mm -hmm. it kind of feels like
0: for me in mixed martial arts Mm -hmm. good point yeah the ufc so i teased it but ufc 297 is supposedly going to go down on january 20th they got one matchup down already. It's not the main event, but it's a great matchup. Mozar Evloev, 17-0 in MMA, 7-0 in the UFC. He fights Arnold Allen, 19-2 in MMA, 10-1 in the UFC. So, again, it does. I, I don't see this because, you know, the UFC, they like to do the title fights for pay-per-views. This isn't a title fight, but still, this is a strong matchup that I could see being for sure on the main card. Is it a co-main event? Eh. Maybe, but you better have some real G's on that title billing. You know, it can't be, be yeah. Royal. You know? Yeah, it's going like to be like a Volkanovsky or someone like that at the top. Correct. Then you could probably pull that off. Yeah. The UFC is going back to Austin in December on December 2nd. That's their last fight night for 2023. Uh, Two weeks later, on December 16th, in Las Vegas is their last pay-per-view, which is UFC 296. So if you live in Austin or near Austin, sounds like they're headed your way on December 2nd in Austin. The promotion has requested an event permit from the Texas Department of Licensing and Regulation, the TDLR. And usually when they request it, they'll get it. Now, that card's not bad. Davison Figueiredo versus Rob Font, Sean Brady versus Kelvin Gastelum, Jared Cannonier versus Roman Delitz, Julia Avila versus Misha Tate, Khalil Roundtree versus Azamat Merskanoff, Clay Guida versus Joaquin Silva, Punisariano's back as well, Jakar Close is, is back as well. Why is Cannonier fought? He was the sub
1: yeah. in what Australia.
0: He should be next. It's automatic. That's why they, they, they bite themselves, dude. It's the weirdest thing. Jake Shields was charged with misdemeanor battery after that Mike Jackson altercation of bench warrant was issued. So what happened was he was charged on August 8th, where well, this is what happened like, it feels like a year ago, and he failed to uh, appear in an arraignment on September 21st. That's why it's been escalated to a bench warrant according to mma fighting um but this is going back to that altercation at the pi when shields ran into jackson and kind of sorted him out because he said jackson was calling him a nazi on twitter so he got on top uh jackson's telling people somebody get this guy off me and i think shields slapped him a couple times I see it as no big deal in the sense like it, we're a year away from that. He slapped them. Neither guy really got hurt. The courts have more serious things to prosecute than this. Um, now, I'm not saying that's open season. Just go out and do you know, go beat people up. Now, I'm not saying that but two professional fighters got into it at, at the gym. Let's be real. Um, now, what Shields should have done was probably just shown up and said that. And I think this thing would, would be over at this point. Right.
1: Now you've kind of uh, disrespected the system and and the court, right? So, depending on what kind of judge you have and what they, how much they look into these things. I mean, Jake Shields is a little bit of like a cartoon villain, you know. If he goes in, if he goes into the right court or the wrong court, things might not go too well for him. So, the
0: last thing you want
1: to do is miss dates and
0: shit like that. If you're going to Bellator 300 in the next day in that San Diego area. Now you're going to have to follow Jake or Nate Diaz on their social media, but I saw it. It was floating around. I guess they're holding a uh, BJJ seminar. And I Mm -hmm. guess you can learn from two of the best there, but I know it's in the San Diego area and it's the next day following Bellator 300. So check it out. And hopefully this just gets sorted out, but Hey, look, a lot of people read this story, shared it. So we're discussing it. And now moving on here to Bellator 300. Scott Coker says it's still an ongoing situation in terms of the sale rumors. Um, I'll give Coker this. He's pretty diplomatic when it comes to these situations. He won't no comment. He'll just kind of give you a vanilla type of mm, answer, I guess. But he'll acknowledge it and, you know, and that's, and that's it. But, yeah, there, there really wasn't much to get out of this thing other than it's an ongoing situation. Um, and th- th- that's all. He, he wanted to return the focus to Bellator 300 and the, and the card that he put together. You know, in a way, I
1: appreciate the way he did it because he did throw one thing in there, and he did say, when this fight is over, you can ask me whatever the hell you want. Now you just gotta hold him to his word. Like, hopefully, the you know the night of you don't hear, uh, oh Scott was really busy and he couldn't make the press conference today or something. Then he becomes a villain, right? But if he mm-hmm. does show up for that post fight, and we can fling these questions at him, then fair game. You know, he 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 didn't want to take the focus away from a big card, the fighters. You gotta applaud him for that. Hopefully, yeah. he does answer the questions when they are thrown his way. Because, again, like, it is just extremely annoying not knowing what's going on.
0: I agree. He did handle that right. Press is about the fighters. Pull me aside afterwards. I'll answer anything you want. And he did. It wasn't much, but he did. And, again, folks, Bellator 300, the, let's focus on the main card. You guys can figure out the prelims. Main card, on Showtime, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Let's focus on that 7 p.m. Pacific because UFC Fight Night 229 with Dawson and Green, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. So it's going to start at... I'm worried about Pacific. That's where I'm at. You guys have to do your own math when it comes to time zones. But this UFC main card starts at 4 p.m. Pacific, my time. It'll probably end by 7 p.m. Pacific, which is when Showtime's... Yeah, Bellator 300 is starting on Showtime. So it's a smooth transition for all the big main card fights now what you might have is some main card ufc fluctuating with some bellator prelims which to me is kind of a no-brainer i think most of us will be watching that bellator sorry the ufc prelims main card sorry versus bellator prelims now on the bellator prelims the names that pop out to me are sarah mcmahon and leah mccourt mcmahon a former title challenger at the ufc She's now with uh, Bellator, Kai Kamaka, and Henry Corrales. I think both guys have done some work in the sport. You know, They have some fans, and Kamaka trains at Extreme Couture. But other than that, there's really not much. I mean, what you might just miss is a crazy knockout or submission. Yeah. So what do what we do, and that's have some multiple TVs in the uh, in your man cave or your living room or whatever, and you won't miss a beat. Anyway, guys, that's kind of all I have, man. I mean, like I say... We're a Little Light, in terms of news, it hasn't just been the craziest stuff ever, other than Cormier said, Missing said, a lot of these guys have huge YouTube channels, I get it, and their opinions matter, some of them are starting to matter, maybe not on the level of a Dana White, because he's like an ultimate decision maker, whereas these other guys are just well-respected legends of the sport who have huge, huge followings, and they convey these messages well, they speak well, and they they you know the their channels are entertaining in that regard and, and people talk about it. So why not talk about what other people are talking about?
1: Yeah. Um I did want to bring up Sean O'Malley. He did you, you just brought him up, right? Did, did I mention him, his name? Maybe? Oh man, dude. I'm starting to become more and more of a fan of his. He just cracks me up, dude. The, the stupid things he says. But now he's going at it with uh Tank Davis, right? Dravanta? Yeah, on uh on Twitter. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. No, what's going on? They just kind of like they return jabs back and forth, but it, it's kind of funny. I they, I think he, the last one he told him like pipe down, you're like five three or something like that. Like I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure it was Tank Davis. I gotta I gotta double double check, but I was kinda laughing at that. But the kid's like growing on me, dude. I really I really enjoy him now. And the fact that he's a champ is hard to
0: argue. The one thing I, uh, I'll I'll say this, you know, I always back the MMA guys. That's no secret. They'll win in the boxing ring. We'll win in the cage. Yes, Anderson is beaten. Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. in the boxing ring. Yes, Ray Mercer beat Tim Sylvia in the cage. But ninety nine percent of the other times, it's the way I said it is. But in the streets. If that MMA fighter is not too stubborn, that one will be over pretty quick, too. But I will say this goes that tank or not tank Abbott, Tank Davis. (laughs) Boy, can he punch man? He really can throw a punch. Like he impressed me against Ryan Garcia. He doesn't have to do much, but when he does strike, it's fucking lightning and thunder. Mm -hmm. Bad intentions. That said, again, I think O'Malley would know this. He's actually one of the smarter mma fighters and i don't think he'd be messing around i'm pretty sure he would kick his leg stay out of range and then uh, eventually get some sort of a, a tie-up whether it's a takedown or standing and uh, you know start throwing some knees by the way did you see jared gordon street fight Mm-mm. it was in our slack channel and i guess you referenced it recently but it had happened years ago but it's pretty funny I don't know if you have time to go on Slack, but if you go on Slack in the main chat, you just scroll up a little bit. He's just standing there. It looks like a cup of coffee with some buddies. Two bullies or two bad guys go by. One of them says something to his friend, and he's still holding his drink, like just observing. That guy takes a swing at his friend. Looks like he misses, and he's still kind of standing there for what seems like ages, but really it's just a second or two. And then, boom, all of a sudden, it's on. But it's on with the guy that didn't take the swing at the other guy. It's just on with the guy that's the homie to the guy that took the swing. And that's fine. But I think that guy's probably thinking, why are you coming at me, partner? It's this guy that took a swing at your buddy, you know? Like, why did yeah. I get the pro fighter? I mean, he was on the receiving end of a couple of lover cuts, like a collar tie, some knees. And then it went out of the camera range, so you couldn't see how it ended. I just saw Jared Gordon kind of walking away. Although he said he needed some stitches. However... I think some of it had to do with they ran into this. It's just outside of like a um, a street with stores, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. And when
0: they ran into this store, they ran into a window that broke. And I think that's Ooh. probably what that one had to do with. Now, there was Gordon and two buddies and two bad guys. Bad guy number one swung at Gordon's buddy who wasn't a part of the fight. He just got caught swung on. So then it was the fighter... So, then it was Gordon and the other guy, not the guy that got swung on, versus the other two. Because the other guy, kind of like when he pulled back, he was kind of out of the frame at that point. So, then when it started, it was really the most weird fight. Because now Gordon's <laughs> fighting the guy that didn't have anything to say. I don't know what was said between them. But he's fighting the guy that didn't swing at his buddy. The guy that got swung at, he's now a bystander. The other guy that's with Gordon, he's now taking on the guy that did the swinging you know, uh, and so they do run into the window. They kind of spill into the street. Um, it looks like a nice one guy. that looks like he want, that wants to do a nice judo throw on Gordon's buddy that's fighting, but Gordon manages to roll with it and then sweep him and get on top. It was pretty cool to just see some MMA techniques in the fight, but yeah, um, yeah, those two guys. They, it didn't go. It didn't go too well for them. It looks like. But Gordon didn't need 21 stitches. I think it had to do with the window. There's no volume, unfortunately. But what's uh, weird is you would think that that guy that got swung on. It's not like he got hit. I mean, he might have got grazed, but he, you you would have thought he would have been participating somehow. Even as just like like Jimmy Conway in the in the movie Goodfellas, just kicking him. You know, kicking the guy in the yeah mm-hmm. uh, and. In the ribs or something, but now nah, he's just kind of like just turned into a yeah. server. Yeah, it's good. You should check, check it out. out anyway, folks. We're gonna get on out of here. Look, we'll get on out early. We always go over. Uh, thank you for all the kind messages over show number 3400. This is show 3401, and we really appreciate that. Your shares, your time, your commitment means a lot. Shout out to cupcake K Katie, she sent us birthday cards. Yes. Uh, i'm probably gonna be taking mine down soon i like to let them ride out for a few weeks i get one from state farm insurance and family and friends and then that's it you know but she always comes through i wanted to give her a shout out um and chris from seattle same thing he uh always he's given me a gift in the past and sends me nice messages so big shout out to him kella from hawaii a few others You go down that road, you'll never be able to name them all, and then you leave a few out and you feel bad. But I think you all know who you are. We see them all, and thank you. Anyway, folks, we got Matt Erickson and Simon Simano at Bellator 300 in San Diego. Ken Hathaway at UFC Fight Night 229 here in Las Vegas. So we got you covered. Don't forget, Spinning back, click on Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. This will be the last time we go at that time. We'll go back to our normal start time of noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, the following week. So just remember that. For now, we're out of here. Go out and be a champion. We'll talk to you soon.